Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big. Strong. Yes. Welcome to Big Strong Yes, the show where we share our journey of reading three books that are inspiring us to embrace courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. Rising Strong by Dr. Brene Brown, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. We are most active on Twitter, so follow hashtag BigStrongYes for announcements and discussion. Follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones. You can also email us at bsy at chipperish.com. And the engagement of our listeners has definitely been one of the best parts of doing this podcast. And today we are thrilled to share your voices on this Rising Strong finale episode. Thank you to (laughs) everyone who sent audio files and stories from email that we're going to be sharing today. This is so, so cool. Oh my God, it was amazing. We got a lot of audio files. Thank you guys so much. It was wonderful to hear your voices. The audio is going to go at the end of the podcast so that you can just listen to everybody who is uh, part of the community, share their stories. And, uh, and I think that's going to be a really special part of the uh, of the day's proceedings. Now, I have a mimosa. I'm very excited about that. Do you have a mimosa? I have a mimosa. I am super All excited right. about that. Good. And, no, it's, and it's a very I made nice. it the, the good old-fashioned way. So you have, oh, yeah. The, yeah, you've got the orange juice and you've got the champagne, but then you've also got orange bitters and just a Ooh. little bit of, of grenadine and it makes a very wow. lovely. <laughs> How nice. No, yep. I've just got the orange juice and the champagne. I'm, um, yeah. you know, I'm that well, kind of girl. <laughs> I mean, nothing else goes better with podcasting at 10 a.m. than Oh, yeah. No, mimosa. absolutely. <laughs> at least it's 11 for me. So it's yeah. a little bit more. No, but mimosa is a morning time drink. I was telling yes. the girls this I, morning, they're like, okay, what time is it? I was like, it's a morning time drink. You will understand when you're 40. <laughs> That's right. Because you got to have something at brunch. So. You absolutely do. All right. If you are a Patreon supporter, we have a big, strong yes chat room on Discord where we both hang out and answer questions and give support. It's intimate private to the patreon supporters who go into that room and you can go over 140 characters which is really great we've got a lot of people in there sharing their stories doing their rumbles sharing their sfds it's been really amazing so join us at patreon.com chipperish to find out how you can support chipperish media and get access to the discord chat yes and thank you to everyone for the support you're giving the show and for participating with us online we are we were seeing your tweets and your graphics the comments um, and the reviews that you've posted for us mean yeah. so much to us. So if you like Big Strong Yes, please give us a review on the Apple Podcast app because this is the best way to let other people know that the show is worth listening to. Um, yeah. And it might help bring other people into the conversation as well. Yeah, which has been really, really great. We've been picking up a lot of engagement, a lot of people, and that's been wonderful. So thank you to everyone who has given us a review and who has taken the time to share Big Strong Yes with your friends and people who you think might like it. And today, oh my God, is our Rising Strong finale episode, which wow, uh, it feels weird. It feels, <laughs> it feels weird so to be weird. like in this transitional space between the two books, but we finished our first book. We're going to be taking next week off. We're going to come back on September 20th with our first reading in big magic it's part one courage so you're gonna read all of part one and we're gonna have that discussion on september 20th Um, but go to chipperish.com and search big strong yes schedule to find all the information about what we're reading and when and if any changes happen they will be updated there so total side note (laughs) yes a couple months ago i got to see elizabeth gilbert perform 
Um, yeah. So she she came to several universities around the country, and it was like a TED Talk, but more than a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. She she spoke for an hour and a half. Oh wow! With no notes, no prompter, <laughs> no index card, no stumble, no pause. The woman is amazing. Like oh I've God. never seen a performance like it. Um, mm-hmm. She absolutely brought down the house. There was oh. so much magic in her, just in her personality and her performance. And she's so funny and so lovely. And that was one of the coolest things I have ever gotten to see. So I cannot wait to talk about Big Magic with you. Oh, it's just so going to be amazing. I'm about Big Magic. Big Magic was, I listened to that very early in this whole, uh, you know, um, falling down process, the face down <laughs> in the arena process that I've been going through, through this, this whole thing. Um, and it reconnected me to my creativity. I felt mm-hmm. like I, when I listened to the book, I felt like I wasn't I wasn't in, I had a few moments where I just wasn't in the pain where I was connecting to that creativity, which is the thing that has saved me throughout this whole process. And um, so my gratitude to Elizabeth Gilbert is so personal and so strong. And I really hope that I'm not as mean to her in the process of big magic as I was to bring (laughs) There's the one thing I regret about this podcast is just how awful I was to Brene because she just made me mad because she was making me, you know, deal with things I didn't want to deal with. And I was taking it out on her. And I feel really bad because, oh, my God, Brene Brown is so amazing. And this book has been such an incredible experience for me. And it has changed my life. And uh, and now I'm too ashamed to say, hey, Brene, listen to my podcast. because I was an <laughs> asshole on it. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel the exact same way. But something tells me she's tough enough. I think but, she would you know, understand. I and we're in the arena. Understand. She would at yes. least respect that. I mean, we're definitely in the arena. And that's one of the things that she says. She's like, you know, people who leave anonymous comments and people who say shitty things on YouTube. She's like, I don't care about them. They're right. not in the arena. Right. I think that she would respect that we were in the arena. And if she listens to any episode, I hope this is the one. And she hears me say, I'm so sorry. Yes, I know. <laughs> she only listens to this one. Like that. Only this that one. Please listen to this, this one, one and hear the apology first. <laughs> yes. Because but, she is owed, owed. Ode, ode, and apology. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, she she did a great job, I think, throughout the book. She shares sort of her reaction to her therapist, who yeah. she also kind of resists and, you know, gets her yes. back up with. And and so we would, you know, I would just be like, look, you're, you're So she's you're like my, our, our Diana. Our Diana, right? right? Like, <laughs> that's all there is to it. But nothing No, do but you big think love. everyone's doing their best? <laughs> their best? That's my favorite part of the whole thing. Know, That's my right. favorite part. <laughs> so what um, what did you do for homework this week? This is our last homework for Rising Strong. I know. It's our last Rising Strong homework. Um, well, I was going to, I bought the books for the kids, the Rising Strong books. And we were going to read the first chapter and talk about it on Thursday night. But we ended up having kind of a big family conversation on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. That was emotionally exhausting for me. And then by the time we got to Thursday night, I was like, I don't have it in me. And they don't want to read it. They are so resenting this book. They're like, it's for women in their 40s. And I was like, yeah, okay. So it's not talking about how to deal with this asshole kid in high school. But I'm telling you that the processes that you're going to learn from this, the practice that you're going to get from this is going to be helpful, you know? And I really mm-hmm. think that it will because, you know, I'm getting them in therapy. We we're have to switch their therapist and go to somebody else. So I'm in that process where, you know, we, they're not going to therapy while I'm finding somebody else. And, um, and so I'm doing that whole thing. But in that meantime, like there are valuable things that this book has taught me and I want them to have that language 
language so that when we have big conversations, we can say, okay, this is the story I'm making up. I'm rumbling with this, you know, um, mm -hmm. all of these things that I think are really valuable concepts and really valuable ways of speaking through the, the hard stuff. And I feel like as a family, we should absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm making them do this and they're just like, oh, it's all about 40 year old women. And I'm like, deal with it, <laughs> deal with it. You know. <laughs> so we didn't do that, but you know, I, I, had a tough week. I had a few really, really low days. Um, yeah. Things were really hard. I'm starting to bounce back now. I think the crash took a, a big chunk out of me there for a much longer time than I anticipated. But of course, my severe emotional trauma has been, <laughs> you know, much harder than like anything else I've ever gone through. So the fact that it took me a week and a half to kind of come out of the crash and come out of that, that, um, you know, corresponding depression that comes with the crash. Um, I feel like, okay, that's fine. I got through it. I'm feeling better. I'm getting work done again, which is really good. Yeah. Um, so so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm feeling like, you know, no, I didn't have it in me to be strong on those days, mm -hmm. but I did my best and I just, I did my best. So I'm letting that go. That's right. It's, you know, sometimes that's how it rolls. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you, know? you just got to say, Hey, everybody's doing their best, but we'll talk about that a little bit. How was your homework? How'd it go for you this week? Um, it was pretty good. Like you, I really want to introduce my son to rising strong. I have right. not figured out how to do that. Mm -hmm. I have a PhD in curriculum and instruction, but designing a learning path for this particular child for this yeah. particular book is beyond me. So I'm still like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still working oh. on it. Um, but I did get some unassigned homework because apparently yeah. if I have a week without emotionally gut wrenching homework, the universe <laughs> sits back and says, oh, honey, here you go. And, <laughs> and so I, I got some this week. Um, in the form of, of having to share kind of an awful, ugly story yeah. um, with some stuff going on outside of my control, but just mm -hmm. something that's pretty horrible. And um, and so I, I chose to share that with a few close friends who still mm -hmm. love me in spite of, of the course. darkness. And I'm better for the telling. And so Good. you told me that sharing stories is a way of unburdening. And you're right, because... There's a heaviness that goes with each painful story that we carry. And bearing the weight of a lot of those stories just wears you down, you know, oh, and it wears you out. Yeah, it does. You've taught me so much in this podcast. But the idea of unburdening was so alien mm -hmm. to me because it just sounded like I was shifting the burden to someone else. Right. And like mm -hmm. being, you know, being needy in that way was just not something I do. I'm not a sharer. Yeah. <laughs> Although after, you know, 11 weeks of this podcast, I am, right. <laughs> I am becoming like, it's hilarious uh -huh. to me uh, how much yes. that is, that is changing. Um, but the vulnerability required to share some of those stories was, was massive. Um, but the people that I told who were friends that passed the, you must be this tallest <laughs> are wonderful people, including you. And they showed me so much love and empathy and my soul does feel lighter for the sharing. And so I, I think, yeah, part of that is, you know, being willing to embrace the discomfort and vulnerability required. And part of it is having the self-protection and boundaries in place to know who's in the arena with you. So like not all stories 
or, you know, you don't share those with all people. You're only going to share the ones with the people that are going to come lay down on the grail with you, you know, when you fall. Um, so, and then my other homework was to, uh, to write a cheat sheet for the book. And so when we get to our what are we keeping with us section, um, I made a list. So I have like, I have stuff on one page <laughs> that I could just quickly read <laughs> That's through. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'll, I'll pull it out and put it in the show notes for anybody else that wants it because it's like a one page reminder of the stuff from this book. Um, and then I've, I've been playing around with um, Rising Strong finale lyrics. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. Which I'm not going to sing because I can't sing. But there's a song called Believer by Imagine Dragons. And um, they have in there... It's like, I'm the master of my sea and, you know, like a captain, you know, but then they have an O after it. So it's like CEO. <laughs> and so in my head, that is speedo. So I just <laughs> took that and wrote some funny little stuff for it. So I'll put that I in the show it. notes too. So that was oh, kind of fun. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So how are your reflections? You had a, you had a really hard week this week and I just wanted to come and, and hug you and pour you liquor oh. in. You know, it's like, oh, baby. <laughs> but it was, it's tough. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, things have been have been really hard, I think, in a necessary way. I think it's yeah. something that I have to go through and I have to process. Um, but uh, but very difficult. And um, and trying to walk through that has been has been really, really tough. And I've had a lot of shitty first drafts. Kelly has been on the receiving end of a lot of those. So sorry about that. Thank you. No, um, but uh, but I think the thing for me, like the big reflection that I had from this past week, you know, from last week's reading was this idea of of evolution versus the revolution, right? Um, That we end the rising strong process on revolution, but I think it's the the evolution, the slow change that comes from that practice. Like the revolution to me, that big moment, you know, where everything changes and it's such a big sea change, you know, mm-hmm. um, that to me is something that is not necessarily it's it's big and it's exciting. It's the kind of thing that I love. You know, I love those big changes, that big moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the stuff that stays, the stuff that's sustainable happens in small steps and it comes from the practice, you know, um, and from attending to and to me, it's it's the reckoning and the rumble are the things that I have to do. You know, the Mm -hmm. reckoning and the rumble, that's my job. And then the revolution and the evolution come for me like really organically from that. It's just what happens, you know, and I'm the kind of person that like I, you know, take action, I force things, I make it so, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me to, to do the work and then let the result be, let it be what it's gonna be you know, let that result just happen and then be curious about it and see how, how things have changed. Um, for me, that is, it it is a revolutionary way of looking at things for me. It's, it's not consistent with who I've been up to this point in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but it's been, it's really, really valuable. And that is the thing that I keep going back to throughout the week that I kept thinking about and sort of uh, playing with in my mind is this idea of it is okay for it to be an evolution. It is okay for it to be a slower process. I don't need to fix everything today. And, uh, and that has been kind of a really important thing for me. So what have you been thinking about this week? So I have been thinking about Brene Brown this week. Yeah. And <laughs> I I wish that I could find a meaningful way to thank her for the amazing influence that she's had on my life because you just don't encounter something like this every day. You know, what this book has done for me 
I, I can't articulate yet, but I've been following her efforts to help people in Houston where she lives in the wake of the Harvey hurricane, you know, tropical storm disaster. And it just reminded me of how incredible she really is because this is a woman who can afford to be very far away from Harvey who chose to stay home and help people. And this is a woman with millions of followers and a media personality who goes on camera with no makeup from her car to ask people to contribute to a charity to send underwear, which if you think about it is probably the most vulnerable piece of clothing that people are missing. Yeah. Right. Oh God. Mm -hmm. And it just amazes me to see how incredible she really is in action and her willingness to share vulnerability and create a safe space to talk about shame has, you know, it's made a real and lasting impact on my life and, and the lives of so many people. And she has really shown us how to use stories as a force for good. Um, and I will just always be grateful to her for being courageous enough to share her truth and to keep her sense of humor. You know, even when the world tries to edit those messages or diminish her voice. Um, but I think Brene Brown is a wholehearted badass and I wholeheartedly salute her. Um, oh, yeah. You know. And my other reflections is new habits and new mindsets take time. Like, you can have this revolution moment, and putting that shit into practice can still take many, many attempts. <laughs> and that's yeah, okay. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be kind to yourself while you're practicing a new path. And, and you have to stay aware of things in a new way. And just, you you know, that balance between mindfulness and compassion and practice and just trying to do new things in new ways can take a long time, you know, and that's okay. Um, and the funny reflection for the week <laughs> is <laughs> that I have actually been encouraging a couple of other people to podcast, mm-hmm. um, including one. Oh, you wonderful, do? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. What is the irony there? I, I mean, do that on. too. I pull people into the boat all the time. Yeah. Because I'm like, you got to do this thing. <laughs> yes. So, and there is one particular lovely, magical woman. If you hear this, you know who you are. Aww. that I you know we just need her voice in a podcast and but but the irony of me being <laughs> the person to say look <laughs> if I can do this anybody and I mean anybody yeah. over mm-hmm. the age of seven can do oh, this sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. most seven-year-olds probably could too seriously oh, yeah, probably you know. easier probably it's easier a, than it's me. a wonderful kind of medium for expressing and communicating and building community and doing the thing that you love to do, you know, talking about the thing that you're passionate about. I think the thing that I love the most about podcasting is that it doesn't matter what you're passionate about. Like you do a podcast about it and the people who love that thing are going to find you. Mm -hmm. And then you find your community, you find your people, you find your nerds, you know, and that to me, I think is, is the most wonderful thing about podcasting. And there's this thing that, um, that people in any creative industry and like, you know, I've seen this in writing. I've seen this like everywhere, you know, that um, people want to go in and they want to shut the door behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to say, you're not good enough. You, there are reasons why I can do this thing, but you can't, you don't take it seriously enough. You're not doing good enough work. You're not like all this kind of really judgmental stuff. Um, and, uh, and I've seen it in writing and I've seen it in podcasting. And I have absolutely no patience for it because the more creation there is in the world, the more people are out there sharing their experiences and sharing their voices, the better off we all 
are. And it's not about, oh, that's one more person I have to compete with. It's that there's, that's one more person out there doing the work in the arena, doing the thing, making something meaningful to them. And that to me is the magic of being human. That's the magic of what it is to, to be alive is what you create while you're here and what you leave behind. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is amazing. And I think about it, like I was talking to my daughter she is very excited. My daughter, Sarah, very excited about uh, going to college, studying folklore. Uh, she hung out at the university for a day and uh, spent all day in the library, you know, just looking <laughs> at stuff. And we were talking about how incredible primary sources are, especially yes. the further you go back in history, the fewer primary sources you have. And for those of you unfamiliar with the idea of primary sources, it's stuff that's actually written or expressed by the people who lived during that time. When you find something that was written in the time rather than written about the time, that's a primary source. Mm -hmm. um, um, and so Sarah and I were talking about it's so amazing how when you get into those primary sources, you're actually reaching back into history and touching these people. And so I was thinking about the wealth of primary sources that people 100, 200, 500 years from now, the wealth of primary sources that they're going to have is going to be overwhelming. They're going to understand everything about our culture, about who we are, the good and the bad. We have primary sources everywhere we've recorded every minute you know to find a primary source you know around hadrian's wall or something like that like is so rare and amazing and wonderful and precious and you have to you know these historians go in and they pull out every little bit of meaning you know from every little detail um and that's kind of amazing but like there are so many primary sources and podcasts are going to be a big part of that like people are going to be able to understand who we are and and what kind of culture we had and and, and the variety of the kinds of people that were out there doing their thing at this point and to me I find that just an amazing thing so I, I love pulling people into podcasting I want more and more and more people to podcast all the time and I will support anybody who wants to get up there and get in the arena and do the thing and you know what sometimes the podcasts aren't great at first like my early podcasts if you go back and listen to Will Write for Wine I, I can't even listen to them I'm sure they're awful you know but um, they are not awful or like in a lot of ways I like they were fun I was I was drunk <laughs> and silly and you know rambled a lot and gave a lot of, I'm sure, bad writing advice at that point. Um, but, you know, but I mean, the thing is, like, you only get better through practice. You only get better through learning and go and do something bad. By all means, give yourself permission to do something crappy. Like writing crap was the thing that got me through, you know, novel writing that I, I had to allow myself to write crap in order to get it done. And that ability to do that, to do something, to have it not be perfect and have it just be whatever it is and let it exist in that space is an empowering thing. And I love that people are doing it. And I love that you're out there talking people into doing it, pulling them into the boat. I love it. I <laughs> well, love it's, it. It's funny, too, because I, you know, want to do more and more and more with mm -hmm. it. And I had started a podcast called The Southern Front Scholar and did a few mm -hmm. episodes and then just got stuck and didn't know. Well, and then what I pulled to do you to it. this. I mean, you well, only no, have so much I'm time. So you know, glad you pulled me into this because it gave me <laughs> practice that I was not yeah. going to get otherwise. And I'm going to figure it mm -hmm. out and go back to it. And, and I get oh, I to be love a that guest podcast. on mm -hmm. another podcast and, you know, Yay. getting to kind of spread out a little with that, which is really mm -hmm. cool. But I was telling Mandy Kay, actually, our wonderful, you know, graphic designer for Big Strong. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about you. And I was saying in terms of like mythic heroism, what you have given <laughs> to the world is is really exceptional. And 
If Helen of Troy was the face that launched a thousand ships, then Lonnie Dan Rich is the voice that launched a thousand podcasts. Because <laughs> you have encouraged so many people to do Aww. this. And it's and it's just amazing. And I will say, as the inexperienced newbie unsure person who you know was asked to podcast with her hero and thought oh holy shit (laughs) there's no way i'm turning this down but i don't know how to do this thing (laughs) like you did great if someone asks you to podcast with them just do it because you know you you don't want to let that opportunity go by and it's okay if you don't know what you're doing yet because if they're good they're gonna they're gonna teach you and if neither one of you know what you're doing you can figure it out together (laughs) yeah no absolutely it's always a process I mean yeah and uh well thank you so much first of all I mean I'm incredibly flattered I absolutely adore Mandy Kay and I adore you and I think you're wonderful people I love that that Mandy has been podcasting I love the work that she's doing I think it's fantastic um and I'm I'm really like out of all the things I've done in my life the podcasts and I mean there's there's got to be dozens if not a hundred of them at this point that have come from people who listen to my work you know um, over at Storywonk and now at Chipperish um, and decided that they could do this thing and the fact that like I got to play a role in encouraging someone to go out there get in the arena and create something is is just an incredible honor for me. I mean, it wasn't ever anything that I expected, but I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to do that. And I'm glad that I've kind of, you know, I mean, and there are some people like you, you know, I pulled in and I was like, come on, you got to do this thing. And you weren't exactly kicking and screaming because you had, you know, started Southern Fried Scholar. Yeah. Um, but I've pulled in a lot of people who just were like, nope, nope, not my thing. You know, I made Jenny Cruzy podcast and she was like, nope. And I made <laughs> CJ Barry podcast with me. She was like, nope, you know, and I'm just, I said, no, you got to do this thing. And, um, and it, was an incredible experience you know for me and and you know I think for them as well so um I I love it I'm so excited I'm so proud that I get to be that person I wouldn't necessarily call myself a, a mythic heroine but um but Too I think bad. I just I'm doing, a job. <laughs> I'm doing a job and if in the process of that job I can inspire people to take a shot and do something that they love then yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's an amazing gift to me to be able to be the one who does that well and I think one of the things and we can include this in the show notes too but um, Ira Glass, you know, the wonderful storyteller from NPR, mm-hmm. he wrote oh, yeah. he wrote this thing called The Gap and and they've turned it into a video. And this has now resonated with me on a level where it only was intellectual before. And now I truly understand what he's talking about. But he said, you know, nobody tells us to beginners is <laughs> that anyone who does creative work, you are drawn to creative work because you have good taste. Like, you recognize good writing, you recognize good storytelling, and you want to put that kind of work out into the world. But your taste, because you've been taking in story and analyzing it and learning it, and your ability to create are going to be incredibly unbalanced at first. And your taste is going to be much higher than your ability. And that's the gap. And most people let that gap stop them. But with practice, you can close the gap and you can bring your talent up to match your taste. And so, you know, it's a wonderful concept and and something that is really helping me now as I try to make things in the podcast and in my writing Mm -hmm. sound the way they sound in my head. 
which right. <laughs> talk about cognitive you never, dissonance. You never quite like, get there. It's so, it's so right? perfect in your head and then you do it and it's like, ah, you yeah. know, that could have been better. But, but yeah. I would encourage anyone who's interested to ju- just do it, you know? Just oh, yeah. Says the yeah, woman no, with no great. bias toward action whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> me and Nike. Just do it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, things things have been changing for you. You yes. have been going through this this transformative experience. And it is a really wonderful thing to watch happen. Thank you. Um, because, you know, there's that thing that Brene Brown said about, you know, the, the revolution is that moment when you realize that things can be different. Yeah. Um, and when you see someone, you know, especially like live you know, throughout <laughs> this process, people have been seeing it for the last, you know, 12 weeks, um, that to see somebody uh, go in and, and change things, change who they are. Like you have been, I've been like healing and trying just to get up off of the floor, you know, but you've been soaring into this new transformative space. And it is such an inspiring thing to watch because you watch somebody else do it and you think, okay, I can do that. Like you see somebody do it as an example and you think I can do that. And I think that's one of the most amazing things that you have brought you know, to this experience is, is sharing this. I mean, to share yourself at any time is a scary thing, but during a transformation, when you don't know, like, you know, things that you ordinarily would do the self-protective things, like you're not doing that anymore. So you're kind of extra vulnerable when you're in a transition because you're not really sure how to conduct yourself in this new space, you know, shiny new Kelly, right. You know, (laughs) Um, and for you to come in and share that is so incredibly brave and it's so inspiring. And I think it's just amazing. Well, I've had one hell of a teacher. So thank you. you. (laughs) So looking at the book as a whole, um, I know we do mm-hmm. like a weekly reflection, but what do you think are your major just kind of reflection on the book as, as one work as in its entirety? Oh. Yeah, I think that God, the thing about this, this whole book is that when you, when you finish it, when you've really gone deep and you've really read it and you've really, cause I had like listened to the audiobook before, mm-hmm. you know, but I hadn't really read it deeply, you know? And, and when you go in and you apply these ideas and you, and you play around with it, it is such a transformative experience. And I think the thing that, that I took away from this is that, you know, the process of rising from a fall is, is messy. You know, this idea of the blood and the dirt and all of that, it is, it is incredibly messy and it is embarrassing and it is vulnerable and um, it is all of these things. But when you rise, there is like this, when you can get up after a fall, after a serious, serious takedown, knockout fall, just the act of getting up is an act of heroism. Just the act of yes. getting on your feet again is brave and strong and amazing. And to see somebody, you know, do that is, is an experience. And I feel like I've been watching all of these people in this community get back up, you know, after falls. And, um, and that has been to me, like really inspiring and helping me because I have spent the last eight months, I mean, seriously, just getting to my feet, I haven't even risen 100%. I haven't even gotten to the point where I can, you know, take the next step and get back in the arena. Like it is it is so, so devastating, you know, like, what I've been through and what I'm still going through, what's still happening now, you know? Um, But I'm better and I'm healing and I'm trying and I've given up this idea of perfection, which has been something I've held on to, you know, as much as I could throughout my entire life. And 
what I've realized in the process of just standing up, mm -hmm. just getting on my feet is that I can do anything. Like if I can do that, if I can get up after being knocked down like that, like my faith in myself to do anything I set my mind to is just so strong now because just the act of getting up was yeah. so hard and it's so much, it's not easier, but it's, it's almost safer to just stay in the dirt and bleed, you oh, know, yeah. and just curl up in a ball in the, in the fetal position and be like, I'm just going to be here for a while. So screw all y'all, you know, yeah. and sometimes you have to do that. I mean, I know I did that for the first couple of months, you know, I just could not even start to push myself up. And now I'm like almost on my feet. I'm almost there. And, um, and what this book has given me is this kind of process for getting back on my feet you know, for pushing myself back up from the dirt. And that I think is, has been, is honestly one of the most valuable books I think I've ever read as far as something that has truly, truly changed my life. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's, it's unbelievably powerful. Well, there's this brilliant woman who is a story expert who loves Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And she oh, has Jesus. a, um, she has a, I was a like, you started video with a video podcast. Oh, she? <laughs> she has a video podcast about it called Still Pretty. I yes. think you might have heard of it. And um, mm -hmm. there's one episode where, you know, Buffy is, is face down and she's got mm -hmm. to pull herself back up and she gets back up and goes back to work the next day. And in your analysis of that story, you said, and she gets up and goes to work because that's what heroes do. And girl, yeah. you have done that every day yeah. through this process. Like it amazes me just to watch the strength that emanates from you and what you have had to go through while still, you know, starting a new job, being a single mom, <laughs> running a fucking media company, you know, <laughs> inspiring thousands of people. Like, you do that while you're face down? Dear God, like, what are you going to be capable of when you feel like you're fully back on your feet? So do not doubt your mythic heroine status, baby, because it is well earned. <laughs> Aww. Truly. Oh, you. So what are what are your reflections on the book? <laughs> so it's funny because and, and I don't like saying stuff like this because there's no way to say it without sounding egotistical, but I'm just gonna fucking say it. Dude. I am better at falling and getting back up again than I realized. And yeah. I am much stronger than I have ever given myself credit for being. And oh, you know, I'm I'm kind of proud of that. <laughs> You so. should be. And that is not egotistical. That is the most. <laughs> it's like, you know. Oh, baby, you don't even know from egotistical. <laughs> like, well, I grew up yes. the daughter of a narcissist. I, Let I me just like tell I'm you. I this name tag, you know, and it's like, Give yes, yourself I am credit. strong. Ask me how, you know. Like, acknowledge, you know, like, but seriously, like, you know? acknowledging that you are strong, first of all, is amazing. Like, I'm incredibly proud of you for doing that because I know I know how hard that is for you, <laughs> but to do that is incredible. And the thing is, is that, you know, you can acknowledge your strength and you can acknowledge that you did this thing. You're not bragging. You're not being egotistical. You're simply looking at reality and recognizing what is there. Well, and, and I think that it, that is an incredible thing. It's a problematic word for me. And I think mm -hmm. part of it is the way that I was raised and part of it is just the lens that I've had you know, kind of looking at the world and that strength has always been a physical attribute. And it's usually like a masculine physical attribute where hard physical labor, brute physical strength is valued above everything else. And I'm not strong in that way. You know, I, I am mm -hmm. not <laughs> strong in that way. 
And and on top of not being strong on that way, I had pretty much, you know, shattered and broken the entire right side of myself. And Aww. and so it's like literally broken. Like my right arm is always going to be permanently kind of broken. Yeah, but you've got steel in there though, baby. Like you're a <laughs> right? superhero. Like, like you're a superhero. Um, yeah. I mean, and I That's set off every alarm of, that I walk through mm-hmm. and I'm like holding up my arm like, yeah, cuz I have freaking titanium in here like I will be dead and ash yeah. and this freaking thing is still going to be <laughs> like in there. Um, but but it's been really hard to reclaim that word yeah. and, and just to realize mm-hmm. that yeah. That, that's still a word that I can use. Um, oh, yeah. So that's been kind of cool. And and I think another big reflection is rising strong after a fall ain't easy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's not yes. tidy. And it's not polite. And it's not linear. You know, and mm-hmm. yeah. to quote Doctor Who, it's more of a wibbly-wobbly, <laughs> tiny-wimey process. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> if you can learn the steps and dance the dance, you know, and get back up to stand beautiful in the moonlight, even if the barn has burned to ash all around you, you can do anything. And and I think that that's really true, you know. So, um, and telling your truth is always the best thing to do, even when it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your yeah. real friends, mm-hmm. your, your this must tall, you know, must be this tall friends, yes. <laughs> are going to love you in spite of that. And uh-huh. they're, they're going to help you integrate the ugly and the dark, you know. We all have light and darkness in us, but shame cannot survive the power of me too. You know, me too is, is our, is our weapon. Me too is our torch. And, you know, sharing stories is the best way to help each other heal and overcome and and be better and live better. And so I think storytelling is our gift and our birthright as humans. And, and we're all allowed to use Mm -hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the more we do, the the better the world, the world will be. So, wow. Well, that's really cool. I got to say that whole thing you just said, I just, all I see is a Mandy Kay graphic. I know, right? That's going to be like 12 (laughs) graphics that are just amazing, you know? Um, And I want them all, you know, Uh, but that's, it's really, those are some truly incredible insights and, and beautifully expressed. Thank you. And having Mandy Kay's collection of visuals as we've gone through this, is just wonderful. I've got them all in my Pinterest board. I change out my phone background every week. Like, just I having the, this visual, you know, visualization I know. The one of that the I ideas. Have on my phone. <laughs> The one that I have on my phone is the thing that I said in like the first episode, or it might have even been the teaser episode, uh-huh. where it says, well, this sucks and that sucks and I hate everything and poop. Lonnie <laughs> Diane Rich. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that is my favorite. And it's on this beautiful pink flowery background. That and that is so- my phone. That is my phone background. And it just yeah. cracks me up every time I see it, you know, and I, I love the stuff that she's done. And it's such a beautiful graphical representation and you know and I think this is how she processes a lot of the things from the reading she does a lot of Brene Brown quotes and from the podcast and I think that it's it's such a beautiful gift that she shares the her processing you know yeah. like what she does with that um to share that with everybody and and I absolutely love it I think yeah. it's it's they're so incredible the one that I have as my background right now is one she made from the audio that we're going to play at the end of this podcast from, oh, yeah. from Noelle um, uh-huh. who just had this like wonderful little rant in the middle. And I sent, I asked Noel permission and then I sent it to Mandy Kay yeah. and I was like, please, 
<laughs> so she made it for us, and so we'll share that Aww. with when this episode yeah. comes out. But I have been yeah, carrying that. that the around. show notes are going to be great on oh, this one. Oh my god! Right? Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so oh well, we we look at our kind of structure that we put together to process mm-hmm. this book. We have our big ideas, so it was kind of like our ahas or our inspiration, mm-hmm. our strong challenge, which was like when we had to put the book down and say. I ain't mm-hmm. ready for this yet. <laughs> or we just resisted. And then we had our yes, which is kind of like our action. So yeah. looking at that on a big scale for the for the book as a whole, um, what are your big ideas? What are you keeping? Like what's in your synopsis of Rising Strong? Oh, God. Well, you know what? I can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But everyone is doing their fucking best, okay? I mean, everyone <laughs> is doing their fucking best. Like, I realize that some people's best isn't good enough. Some mm-hmm. people's best is still damaging and is still awful. Um, but I'm doing my best. Like, I'm doing my absolute best. And it's not always great. Um, but I've I've allowed myself that, you know, for like the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And and it, it does. It, it, it makes it easier for me to deal with other people who aren't doing great, you know, yeah. that um, that they're doing what they have with what they've got. Like. You know, if you meet me out in the wild somewhere, you know, um, there are times where I'm a complete asshole. Like, God forbid you should be the person on the other end of some kind of like customer service call when I'm pissed off. Oh, me too. Because my phone bills <laughs> twice as much as it should have been or, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, and and the thing is, like, I know that these are things that um, that are not, you know, great things about me. Right. But um, but like because of that integration you know, um, because I'm allowing for that darkness, like I can now understand that. And so people who might, you know, have the the misfortune of meeting me under the wrong circumstances, um, like the kid's principal a couple of times, um, <laughs> is going to see this, like this very dark, very difficult part of me. And they don't know, they don't know that I was, you know, raised in abuse and neglect. They don't know that I just had this horrible, you know, freaking experience. Like, they don't know that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think about all the things that I don't know about the people that are pissing me off in the moment, the people that are acting like total jerks. Like, what I don't know about them, you know, is probably pretty big. And if they're acting like assholes, the chances are real good that that they've been the victim of an asshole, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And even if they haven't, they still like for some reason they're they're weak and they can't do it they just can't do it Mm -hmm. so um so understanding that everybody is doing their best has been has been really helpful and and it's helped me kind of find my way to compassion for myself which of course has made this forgiveness thing start happening I'm not trying to be forgiving I am not interested in forgiving some people um at all uh but but I'm finding forgiveness is happening as that compassion starts, you know, especially for the people who have ceased to hurt me, mm-hmm. you know, who have who can't hurt me again, you know, like my mother and my brother, I'm I'm, I'm not in any contact with them, they can't do anything to me, you know. Um, so I'm finding compassion and I'm finding forgiveness is just sort of happening. My job is the unfucking. And if forgiveness happens on top of that, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not reaching for it. And it's not my job to, to find it, you know. Um, so, you know, so I feel like that's something I really want to keep the idea of the rumble and the reckoning. Like those things are my job. You know, my job is to look at the emotion, to look at the thing I'm feeling and honestly try to, to figure out what it is to just be curious about it. And then the rumble is asking the question rather than having to have the answer right away. 
you know, because I will always knee jerk to this is why this is happening, you know, um, and rather than needing to have that answer, I need to just ask the question, you know, what is going on here? I'm curious about this. Mm-hmm. And once you do the reckoning and the rumble, then the the evolution or the revolution like that happens. The result of it is not my job, you know, like the revolution will happen. The evolution will happen because I did my job you know, in the Mm -hmm. beginning, which is to reckon and to rumble. Um, And so those things, along with that integration, along with, um, with accepting the dark parts of myself and having compassion for those dark parts. um, I think those are the the big things that like, you know, reading this, doing this podcast, because if I just read the book without the podcast, I don't think I would have gotten here. But this whole deep dive process into this book, um, I think it has really changed my life. Like I, I can't go back, which I think is a good thing because there was not a great place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are the things that I'm keeping with me and that are, have really been resonating with me. W- what do you have? What are your big ideas? So I put these in three categories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> one is I've been building a metaphorical toolbox and these uh-huh. are just like tools. I'm just going to pour a mimosa here in the background. So if anybody hears that, then I'm just letting you know that's that's what's going on. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. We, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, while you're doing your thing and they're hearing glurk, 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 uh, glurk, that's, yeah. the, uh, that's yeah. the mimosa. That's how it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. Go ahead. Do your thing. So uh, so putting tools in the toolbox are like concepts or, or actions that I can pull out really fast, even if it's just a like a word to remind me of something. Um, and so the big ones in the toolbox here are shitty first drafts, of course, with full credit to Anne Lamont there. Um, the story I'm making up, it's like a phrase. I hated that phrase when I first heard it. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's man. a good phrase. But it is valuable. Like, I need it. It is valuable. <laughs> it is. It is valuable. Um, mm-hmm. Recognizing a shame storm and just the concept mm-hmm. of a shame storm, knowing what it feels like. Knowing that that is not the time to express your feelings to someone. Right. Probably. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. (laughs) And that it will pass. Right. Like any storm, it Mm -hmm. will eventually Mm -hmm. die down. Yes. And then Mm -hmm. you can, you can walk your way through it. Um, Mm -hmm. Honoring the physical manifestations of emotion. um, Mm -hmm. You know, learning that feelings are felt. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm sure most people had caught on to a long time before me, but you know, there no, you go. No, but we don't though. We just ignore them because we think they're just feelings, but feelings are such powerful indicators. Mm-hmm. It's like a barometer. Yeah. It means something's going on. And if you ignore it, then you can't see the storm coming. The storm just hits you and you're like, whoa. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then the last one is the idea of sinkholes, which is like recognizing traps and triggers, things that are going to set off a shame storm or things are going to set off anger and, and kind of, you know, realizing that that is so in my head now that's tied to the princess bride and they fall mm-hmm. in the big sand pit and it pop, pop, pop. Oh yeah. So like the pop, pop, pop before they fall in the giant sure. sand, that's, oh, that's the great. sinkhole, right? It's, I it's love that. The <laughs> pop, pop, pop. No, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So all I need now is to like hear the pop, 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 stand back, do my little shame storm thing and have Wesley like swoop yep. in and be like, as you wish, darling, and hand me mimosa. Oh, Life will be good. Life will be good. (laughs) Okay, the second bucket is big concepts from the book. So these are the game-changing ideas that I would not have gotten without Brene Brown. She gave voice and structure to these ideas in a way that have completely changed my life and that I will keep using. So one of those is guilt versus shame. Like that 
if you get nothing else out of this book, that is a game changer. Um, and within that is the idea that perfectionism is shame's bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I love that. Right? You are coming up with the quotes, man. This is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Well, there are two things that I want less of in my life. I want less mm-hmm. perfectionism and less yeah. shame. If you're listening, shame and perfectionism, you can bite me. Like, <laughs> thank you very much. You've overstayed your welcome. Y'all can go now. Good for um, you. <laughs> but, you know, really understanding that mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. Perfectionism yeah. is not striving for a high level of achievement. Perfectionism is shame's bitch. And yes, I don't oh, want to love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for you. So another big concept is we can't selectively numb you mm-hmm. cannot block out negative emotions without also blocking out positive emotions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And a reluctant yes becomes a resentful yes. Mm-hmm. I might have that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the idea of compassionate boundary. So that little formula that says it is okay to X, Y, Z. It is not okay to X, Y, Z. Right. I uh-huh. love that. I love it. And I love the manifesto of the brave and brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And probably my favorite idea from the whole book is that hope is a cognitive process. And yeah. therefore, as a very smart person, I get to be a hopeful badass. And I really oh, like that. I love it. So. And then my last bucket are concepts from Lonnie. Oh. <laughs> These are things that you have come up with. And one oh. day when you write your own version of Rising Strong, which I firmly believe you're going to do, these are these are No, that. we're going to do that together. If I ever do that, you and I are doing that these together. These are your concepts. So we have the idea of the towering, the mm-hmm. crash, the power yep. of collaging, mm-hmm. the unfucking, <laughs> the <laughs> you must be this tall list, and I am mm-hmm. already this tall list. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite part with shared credit with your brilliant daughter who came up with that? Oh, I know. <laughs> so Aww. those are my big three buckets of things that I am keeping. And I made a list of them on one sheet and I'll share them in the show notes because they're just great reminders of all the cool things that we've learned um, and that we've yeah. also made as a process yeah. of walking through this book. Very cool. So what about your strong challenge? What are you still resisting? Oh, God. You know, I was thinking of all the things that I have resisted, Uh you know, throughout this thing and like how many I've made my peace with, you know, Uh and, uh, you know, forgiveness versus the unfucking, I think for me is something that like now that I have kind of figured out that forgiveness isn't something I need to do. It's something that that can happen once I have unfucked. Um, That to me now works for me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. So I resisted that really, really hard. Um, And now I've made my peace with it. Um, People are really just doing their best. You know, Um, I, you know, I've, I've made my peace with that. Um, You know, the fucking Speedo and Steve still kind of get on my nerves a little bit but but that's my issue and not not them you know it's not a problem with them um you know and i've i've kind of made peace with a lot of these concepts um, without forcing it, which is something that I would have done before. Like I, I have this, this, um, you know, this like force of nature thing about me where like, I will make shit happen. I will mm-hmm. force it. I will, you know, and the thing is that whenever you force anything, you're, you're really likely to break something in the process. You know. <laughs> and for me to, to do the work and let the result be what it's going to be has been 
you know, really huge. So the result being that I, I haven't tried to make my peace with these things, but peace has happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what I've come to from that is that I can, I can express what I genuinely think and feel, you know, without worrying about having to be right, without worrying about having to be, you know, perfect about it. Um, and, um, and I can rumble my way to the peace, you know, like however that peace forms, however it, it, you know, comes on, it's, that will be what it will be, but I can rumble my way there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't have to force anything. Um, and, uh, and I, and I, it lightens my soul to think that I don't have to force the world to be what I think it should be, mm-hmm. you know, that I can just, I can let it be what it is. And, um, there's a Scottish saying that, that number two used to say all the time and it came from his grandmother and I've never met her, but she seems like a lovely woman. So, um, so I'm going to credit it to her. Um, but, uh, but it's a Scottish saying that is, uh, what is for you will not go by you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds better in a Scottish accent. I can't do a Scottish <laughs> accent. Um, but, uh, But this idea of like accepting that the things that are for me will find me, the things that I'm supposed to do and that are supposed to happen will find me, you know, and I don't have to make everything happen. I don't have to be responsible for every outcome. I don't have to force, you know, things to be the way I want them to be. I can just let it be what it is and then see where that goes. And in the process, you know, rumble with that. And, uh, and find my peace, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and the idea of finding peace for me is this, is this huge thing because I am not a person who is at peace a lot of the time. Mm Um, I am actually very, very rarely at peace inside, you know, um, and the idea of, you know, one by one, these things that have caused me to not have peace, to make my peace with them. Um, is, is, you know, a a revolutionary process for me. It is, Mm -hmm. it is not how I've lived my life, you know, traditionally. So, um, so I'm finding that to be like, those are the things that I resisted and I'm not resisting them anymore. Like I honestly was thinking about it. I'm like, what is in this thing aside from the speedo that I'm still resisting? (laughs) Like nothing, you know, how about you? Like, what are you still resisting from this? Well, I can resist all day long. So <laughs> my, if resistance is a superpower, baby, I think mm-hmm. like, this is this is me. So I still have some things. Um, not as many as I thought I would though. But I would say I have made a lot of progress with changing my environment, which is good. I am still struggling and very resistant in the area of self care. I have a hard time defining it. I have a hard time accepting it. I have an incredibly hard time practicing it. <laughs> and I think mimosas at 10 in the morning is totally self-care. Though, dude, right? right? Yes. <laughs> that may be my <laughs> so favorite you form. That. You <laughs> got self-care. that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I'm still, I'm still trying to define what that is for me. Um, and, you know, you can't do anything until you define your terms. I don't know how to define that yet. So I think part of it, though, is um, I had gotten in the practice of the shitty first draft I've gotten better at reckoning, but I tend to do that on the negative side of the scale, mostly mm-hmm. when something pisses me off. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> but trying to do it on the positive side of the scale, like I was in a fantastic mood when I woke up yesterday and I thought, oh, wait, I can get curious about this too. Why am oh, I in a wow. good mood? Like what's going on here that's positive? 
And that felt so alien. That was so weird. Oh my God. That would never have occurred to me, but I love that you did that. Right? I'm like, I'm going to write a (laughs) shitty first draft about being in a good mood. (laughs) Because, like, what? Oh my God. Um, So, just for me, like, understanding this can work both ways. And so I think self care might be related to that somehow, but I haven't even come close to figuring it out. Sure. Um, I'm still resisting around the area of regret mm-hmm. because you don't, I mean, unless the doctor shows up with a TARDIS and y'all, I'm not getting any younger and I'm waiting. <laughs> like, seriously, there is, <laughs> I think the, the, the two sexiest things a man could ever say to me or a woman, if it's the new doctor, I don't care. One would be, hi, I really would like to read your dissertation. I mean, that's just like, that's an open invitation right there. And <laughs> the second is, like, with the noise, right? With the, with the tortoise, right. like, opening the uh-huh. door. Um, it ain't happened yet. <laughs> so the ability to go back it in time yeah. and change some of the things that I have done, I, I don't have. And so still yeah. trying to you know, reckon and rumble and revolve. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I don't know the verb of revolution. Um, <laughs> Revolute. Yeah, yeah revolute. I'm going to, I am so, if, yes, I'm going to revolute with, with regret and not, yeah. you can't just sweep that under the rug and you can't ignore it, but you also can't let it hold you down forever. And so, like, trying to find that balance, which I think is part of compassion, which I think is part of self-care, which obviously I'm still struggling with. Um, And I think still that pendulum of never good enough and who do you think you are? I'm still balancing that. I'm still struggling with it. But thanks to Brene Brown, I can put it into words now, you know. And that should probably be on my cheat sheet, too, is, you know never good enough and who do you think you are as shame triggers because that's real Um, and that no matter where you are you're getting it yeah it doesn't matter what you do it's you're either in never good enough or who do you think you are it's an instant flip there's no middle ground there that says hey you know you're about right like that's the thing to to understand that those are both faulty concepts and to reject the premise on that i think is really valuable um and i'm still struggling with habits versus being on autopilot and i think that's just going to take time and practice Um, I'm still struggling with, you told me I play small and you're right (laughs) because that need, you know, in order to play big, you have to be willing to be seen and being seen when you're ashamed of being seen. Lisa, like that balance there of being seen versus wanting to be invisible. I'm still struggling with that. Um, and just the idea of longing. So opening yourself up for deciding that there's things that you want, there's an emotional component to that. And before, if I wanted something, normally it was like in the form of a credential or a degree or more initials after my name. It just went on a list of like shit to accomplish. And it was more of a of a goal, an ambition. And it wasn't an emotional longing. And there's a big difference between that kind of work and opening yourself back up for any kind of emotional longing. And I hate that shit so much. So I am resisting it. But I'm doing better on all of these than I was when we started. 
No, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> and those are all those are all really good. And I'm glad that you're you're rumbling with those because I think that those are important things. And, and they're tough things, I think, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of to kind of, you know, make their peace with. So yeah. that's really good. So what are your your yeses? Like for the whole book as we transition? What are your actions moving into big magic? Oh, God, I'm so excited about big magic. I really am. I'm so excited about getting into the creativity and the, you know, the creation of stuff, which is where where I live. It's what I love. Um, So I want to get back in to writing again. I have a book that's like 75% done. I really want to go through and finish it. I just I have no time for it. Just none. No time. Mm -hmm. And I I actually have had a conversation with you recently about an ambition that I have. Yes. That will give me even less time. So I'm going to have to deal with that somehow. But it's Um, so good. But it'll it'll be cool we'll it's see if it works out so i'll announce good. it later but yes. you know it's it's still just in the oh this would be a cool idea kind of phase um but uh you know in the meantime like before i get back to the book and before i worry about the fact that i haven't written anything in a while you know um you know i've held on to my creativity as my life preserver while i was in the middle of this like horrible thing it just it kept my head above water mm-hmm. and and i needed that and i used it as a tool in in a really useful time. And I honestly think it kept me alive. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I, I thought I was going to like literally, literally die there for a while. Um, but now what I'd like to do is, is, you know, get my feet under me and, and get out of the water and lean into that creativity to honor it as a sacred practice rather than a place to hide from the terrible things. Like I want to use that creativity to, you know, slowly as I go through this process, examine, the the difficult things that I've been through and that maybe if there's something in my creativity that I can create something you know because that's that's the thing like this is what fiction does this is what stories do they are essentially healing Mm -hmm. you know they allow us to heal and if you've been through a terrible dreadful experience if you use that in your creativity that can be useful to somebody else because the whole point of creativity like a lot of times I think people get excited about the idea of creativity. Like I'll be a famous author and people will love me and they'll, you know, they'll adore me and I'll have fans and all this kind of (laughs) stuff. Like, you know, if I create stuff, I'll have that, Um, you know, and I think that that's not creativity is an act of sacred service. It is something that you do because it makes the world a better place because you have something to give, not because of what it gets you. Um, And I think that we generally in this culture have a twisted vision of creativity because, you know, if you do really well, if you're J.K. Rowling, if you're, you know, like Nora Roberts, like you can make a lot of money and you can be really famous and people will just adore you wherever you go. And that's really great. But you also have assholes who just live to knock you down and tell you, you know, terrible things and be jerks to you, you know, in public, on social media, wherever you go. Um, people have expectations of you that are beyond, you know, what anybody should expect of somebody just because they're successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose your ability to, to live like a normal person, to go to the grocery store or whatever, you know? I mean, so fame is terrible and wealth, you only need enough to keep the roof over your head and the lights on. And once you've got that, 
you don't need any more, you know? So if creativity is a path to attention and a path to admiration, then it's, it's not for you. It's not, it's not the thing that you like, that's not what you should be doing it for. Creativity is an act of service. Creativity is giving back to the universe, something that, that you were given. And even the terrible things can be a gift. If you turn around and create something that can help somebody else heal, you know? Um, so for me, like, that's what I'm looking to, uh, creativity was uh, the thing that saved me and I held on to it like a life preserver. And now I would like to really get back into it the way that I started it as a sacred practice, you know, um, and do things with it that are, that are valuable so, you know, and funny and fun and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say, if you ever doubt your brilliance <laughs> I am going to have to, you know, sit you down and have a talk because, y'all, I have our show notes in front of me. That gorgeous stuff that Lonnie just said ain't in there. She just (laughs) made that up. (laughs) And Mandy Kay, if you're taking requests, Creativity (laughs) is an Act of Sacred Service by Lonnie Diane Rich. I'm going to fucking need that because I'm going to paint my wall with it. Oh, my God. So when I think of creativity gurus of like the teachers that open this up and not in the, here's how you write and publish your novel, because I have actually started refusing anyone that teaches you how to build your business as a writer. I am so done with that because you're right. Like the source of that creativity and your reason for tapping into it matters. And if your reason is to build a platform or, you know, build a a fortune or whatever, you're in it for the wrong reason. And ultimately, you will know that because the proof is in in the pudding where is the message ultimately beneficial to the author or to the reader. And with you, (laughs) I think of, you know, the major creativity gurus as Julia Cameron, you know, the artist way, mm-hmm. and Anne Lamont yeah. with Bird by Bird, mm-hmm. oh, God, Elizabeth yeah. Gilbert with Big Magic, and now Lonnie Diane Rich with Creativity oh. as an Act of Sacred Service. I mean, girl, <laughs> that's real. But it, it, it <laughs> is. So, I mean, you know, like, and that's the thing, like, I know it sounds all like, you know, guru-y and whatever, but it's just, I've seen, I've seen people like up close who've had tremendous amounts of success, you know, like really serious, legit success, you know, and, um, and I wouldn't trade places with them. Oh yeah. (laughs) The the pressure that comes with that. And the thing is that like, I've had like the kind of success that I have is the exact success that I want. There's a small number of people who know who I am, you know, a small number of people, but the power of the experience of knowing those people and having them interact with my work and then having them create their own things, um, that is so much more important to me. And I, I can work a full-time job to keep a roof over the head. Like, that's no problem at all. And actually, a full-time job really helps me in my creativity. Mm-hmm. I'm much more creative when I've got a full-time job that I'm putting that energy into all day. And then I can build up that creative energy, you know, while I'm doing little tasks and stuff. So that, for me, is great. Like, I don't need fame. I don't need a lot of money, although chipperish.com or patreon.com slash chipperish if you want. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of money helps because, and, you know. And can I, can I just say, like, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. we're not trying to move mountains here, but y'all, if we can get chipperish <laughs> to $2,000 on Patreon, then the world gets a podcast by Lonnie about Angel, and y'all, I need it. 
Like, <laughs> so there are please. like five people who are going to listen to that podcast, but I don't care because it's going to yeah, be really it's fun. It's going to be Ronnie um, Dinerich talking about Dark Wesley, y'all. Yes, we need this yes. thing. So, okay. Sorry. So, I mean, you know, and this is, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to act like I'm not grateful for the support that I get and like I don't need it because I do need it. I mean, it's expensive to, to produce this stuff and it takes a lot of time and everything. Yeah. And I do need that to, to keep, you know, everything together. But, um, but like I don't need millions and I don't want attention from like millions of people I don't want to be famous what I want to do is exactly what I'm doing um but I just want to do more of it you know mm -hmm. I want to be I want to be creative I want to do ex you know like exist in that service and I want to get other people to do it too I want to get other people to share their experiences because their experiences and their work turns around and heals me right you know like I get something out of that and so it's not this big selfless you know when I when I say it it sounds so like sanctimonious and whatever but no it doesn't but that's not like okay good because I don't want to sound that but no, it's just, not it even really a little is, like our perspective on what is important culturally is so wrong mm -hmm. um and I've seen what what real like serious success the kind of stress that it puts people under one of the only people I've seen in, like in person who handles it just gorgeously is Nora Roberts yeah like she Nora does. Roberts she is unbelievable. She is so balanced. She is so strong. And none of it, the money, the fame, the attention she gets, I think she would still be doing this work whether or not she got that. And she believes in the work and mm -hmm. she runs a bookstore. And um, so she is like, I don't know her really well, but I have spent some time with her and have been impressed by her every single time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the people I've seen who've had a lot of success, um, it causes so much stress for them. There's somebody I know and adore very much who hit the New York Times and became a big deal and had a heart attack. Oh, my God. You know, like, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, and this is one of the women that I adore most in the world. Like, you know, and she's such a good person, but it was so much stress for her. Um, and uh, and so I've seen that happen to a lot of people. And I don't want the work to be something that harms me because it is such a special space. So for me, it's like it's not about playing small, but it's about being powerful in a small space space. It's about encouraging other people to go out and do the creative thing. And that's why I'm so excited about going into big magic, because we're going to be talking about exactly this. Yes, we're going to be talking about exactly how you engage with your creativity in a way that does serve your soul and that makes the world a better place and that inspires other people. Because it's that ripple like, you know, I may inspire one person and then that person will inspire somebody else and then that person will inspire somebody else. And then that podcast made by somebody I don't even know was part of that chain had anything to do with me is going to change my life right you know so all of that together is just it's something I'm sorry and I've been going on about it now forever no, but I, it's I feel wonderful. so strongly about yes. it and I love it and I'm passionate about it and I just want people to know that like the the end result is not the money or the fame or the attention the end result is the work yes you know, and that's the thing that keeps you connected. And I think that's why Nora Roberts is who she is, mm -hmm. because it's about the work for her. And I would you say know? the same of Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, yeah. Oh, I think so, too. You know, Absolutely. As well, that it, mm -hmm. and, and their capacity for that is amazing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and honoring. And I think it, that is the word is honoring creativity yeah. and not trying to use creativity. Yeah, as a stepping stone to something else that is in itself its own reward. Right. You know, and the work is the thing. So, um, okay, so enough about me and my babbling nonsense. What about you? <laughs> what, are your, what are your yeses? What's your action? So my yeses are um, writing more and mm -hmm. sharing more. And I can't believe I'm mm -hmm. fucking saying that. But there you go. 
love it. I love it. I, I have become a sharer. This is like the I weirdest, know. most ironic statement I think I've ever made in my whole life. Um, <laughs> but for me, understanding that writing is sharing. Like it, writing is not an act or a process or a thing you master. You know, writing is is this becoming vulnerable. Writing is this this sharing of self in a way that makes me incredibly uncomfortable, but also lets me know that it's real and that it's right, you know, and, and so I'm going to stay open to that. Um, the mindful breathing thing is, is really big for me. Um, I am not good at it. I'm still learning. Um, <laughs> there is this, this, uh, this act, this practice that you're supposed to do. And I actually had my chiropractor who is adorable show me how to do this. Now she is like five foot, you know, 10 and gorgeous mm-hmm. and tiny and with, she looks like Fleur mm-hmm. from Harry Potter. Right. And oh, like, I don't wow. think she's ever eaten anything that was not organic in her whole life. And oh, she's just, you know, oh. she's like a yoga high priestess. Now mm-hmm. I love her and mm-hmm. she's wonderful, but her physical self and my physical self are quite different. <laughs> But she was showing me this, that you lay down on your back and you put one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach and you breathe in. And the goal is that the stomach comes up before the chest and then the chest goes down before the stomach. Wow. When she does it, it's like this beautiful yogi thing. When I do it, it's like fucking hilarious. I mean, I don't have words to tell you how bad I am at this, but I really, really want to learn. And so practicing that and then the app on my watch, um, which you encouraged me to get, which is great. So it sounds like a small thing. I've been on the planet for almost 40 years and I don't know how to breathe. <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously, nobody knows how to breathe. Yeah. I don't, I don't have it either, but yeah. I really want to do that. And then um, mm-hmm. you and I started Brene Brown's Rising Strong <laughs> online class. Yes, we did. <laughs> I want to go back in and hit the play button. Like, bring it on, baby. I'm ready. I went and looked at that yesterday because yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to do this because they're closing it down in like December or whatever. Yeah. So we got to get on the ball with that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so and, and continuing to practice the Rising Strong process mm-hmm. while staying open yeah. to big magic mm-hmm. um, because that's yeah. a big deal. Like one of these is not going to stop just because the other one starts. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're going to do my favorite part of the <laughs> whole thing. So we're going to talk about our favorite part. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite part of Rising Strong? Oh, God. You know, I have to say this whole thing. My favorite part has been doing this podcast with you. Um, What you have taught me about kindness and strength and honesty and patience and grit and non-judgment. I mean, you know, there have been a lot of things that I have said privately in my shitty first drafts and just in these tech storms when I'm in the middle of it with you um, that have been you know, just crazy, just like, you know, just crazy stuff and, and hurting and, and, you know, trying to figure it all out. And you have been, you've like never made me feel judged. You have never made me feel like, um, like I didn't have a safe space, you know? Um, and it has completely changed my life. Like if I had gone through this book on my own or with anyone else, I don't think I would have made the progress that I've made. And if I hadn't had you as a friend during this time of my life, I honestly don't know where I would be right now. So going through this with you and the things that I'm learning from you and the ways in which you are inspiring me, 
um, is absolutely my favorite part of this whole thing. Oh, it's been no. really wonderful. And thank you so much. Well, that's so sweet. Thank you. That's oh. just amazing. <laughs> and, well, what's your favorite part? Well, I would say sharing this journey and this podcast with you because, oh my oh. God. <laughs> but learning from you and really mm-hmm. creating a sacred space for friendship. Um, yeah. This is something I've learned late in life, and there's not many mm-hmm. people that are in this this circle. But this mm-hmm. idea of, of friendship as sacred is is real to me, and it's something that I mm-hmm. that I try to live. Um, but sharing SFDs when they're real is like a lifetime bonding experience. Because it <laughs> like that shit gets ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's like being in the trenches with somebody, and yeah. you know. <laughs> Like, and the same goes because I have sent you some ugly shit, but no matter what, when I bring you shame or vulnerability, you return empathy and encouragement. And I think that if I had to write an algorithm for true friendship, that's what it looks like. And I wish that was a lesson I had learned earlier in life. And I think that that's a wonderful thing for everyone to keep in mind when you're really thinking about who is worthy of being in the arena with you you know, and, and setting boundaries for yourself in that way. So I just want to thank you for being who you are because you have become the sister that I did not know I needed. Um, and I just cannot express my gratitude for that. Um, and, and with that is the big, strong yes community, um, Mm -hmm. new friendships, having this shared language, you know? So if I go on Mm -hmm. Twitter and I'm like, y'all, I'm getting towered. Like <laughs> people know what that means, you know, and yeah. and having mm-hmm. that that shared those shared concepts and that shared vocabulary is so helpful. Um, having tools in the toolbox, you know, not just for mm-hmm. survival, but for starting to craft a more creative yeah. life with intention. Mm-hmm. I think is is incredibly powerful. Um, and while I have my cheat sheet of stuff from the mm-hmm. reading. Um, some yeah. of my favorite things are stuff that we in, we created or we invented. Yeah. The BSY cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that is a thing. Oh, <laughs> um, man, that was fun. You know, and, and being beautiful in the moonlight and mm-hmm. leveling up and badassery. <laughs> like, <laughs> these are some of the, the things yeah. that I will keep forever. And But mostly, mm-hmm. I think it's been about experiencing firsthand the power and magic of sharing stories and hearing someone say me too. Yeah. Yeah. That is incredibly powerful. And so speaking of the me too, uh, we have some letters uh, Mm -hmm. that came from, uh, from our listeners. And so we're going to, we're going to read those. We have gotten permission and we have edited some of them down a little bit um, if they were long, but, uh, but there's this one letter that we got from Abby, which was, God, so amazing. So, and you're going to read that one for us. Yes, I am. This was so amazing. Abby, thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing this. We cut it down a little just for time, but this was so, when you get a message like this of someone reacting to your work, it just, the joy from this, I can't even begin to describe. And, and, and with everyone that shared their stories and their audios, y'all, you, you have no idea how much this meant to us and how amazing this was. So, um, so here's Abby's letter. She said, I've always believed that if you ask the right question, the universe will give you the answers as and when you need them at that. I've always told everyone I know that that's how it works. I was in the market for a breath of fresh air and a change. 
So when Big Strong Yes turned up, I immediately subscribed because I'm here for all of Lonnie's work. And when I listened to the first episode, Walking by the Thames, where I spent my childhood, I swear to you that the world turned itself down a bit. And all I could hear was you two dealing with a book that made me so angry and tired when I first picked it up that I put it right back down. (laughs) And, And then she kind of shared with us like week by week. Through each of the things that that we talked about, how it correlated with her life. So she found Mm -hmm. a new job and y'all, she listened to Big Strong Yes as she pulled up for her interview. And, you know, she was rumbling with needing and being needing and writing fanfic. Mm -hmm. And like week by week, she kind of walked us through her own Big Strong Yes journey, which was just amazing. Um, It was incredible. And she ended the letter by saying, my life has turned right around in this short period of time and your kindness to each other. Raw and honest sharing of what it is to be alive in your own spaces and times and willingness to engage with the rough shit has given me an energy and a power I haven't been able to summon in years. I hope I can reflect a little back at you now. Thank you truly with my whole heart. Can't wait for what's next. Oh, my God. That letter. That letter. I know. Was so incredible. Yeah, no, that was amazing. And Abby, thank you so much for taking the time to send that and and tell us, you know, what was happening in your life. It was really is so unbelievable and so powerful. So thank you for that. Yes. Um, The next letter comes from uh, Rachel, who sent us a lovely email. And Rachel says, The most significant part of Rising Strong for me was the idea that everyone is doing their best, specifically that if you approach everyone as though they are doing their best, What does that change about how you interact with the world? I work retail and it really helps when I get into a difficult situation to just breathe, remind myself that the person really is doing their best and realign on the situation with that mindset. I've also shared this with my boyfriend and my coworkers to help them navigate difficult situations. I know it's helped them too. That's so cool. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is so cool. And we got a final one from Sarah who said, I think the wonderful community that has gathered around you speaks for itself and also shows the hunger for authentic voices in this time, which you are. I had my, hopefully not to be repeated, towering (laughs) experience more than a decade ago, and I got good help and community then, but I have found it to be helpful to tune up my skills and reflect on how far I've come. Looking forward to big magic. Ah, yeah, Sarah's very cool. Yes, Sarah's very cool. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, everybody who wrote in. Um, I am going to go ahead and do the closing quote. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have a bunch of audio files from from people who sent them in so generously giving of their time, sharing their experience, um, and letting us hear your voices, which are so incredible. Um, The the first audio that's going to play after I do the closing quote and close out the show is going to be from Noelle and I wanted to have a special thank you to Noelle because she totally yelled at us and it was kind of adorable and we'll have the the Mandy (laughs) Kay graphical representation of what she said um, available in the show notes but um, but thank you so much to absolutely everybody who sent us your voices because your voices are so powerful and your stories are so powerful and I just I I didn't want to like introduce them and close them out I want them to kind of speak for themselves because I think that that they really do so so now I'm going to do a close quote and I thought it was appropriate that I get one from Brene Brown yes. uh, because she has uh, basically done the work and given us the gift of this incredible experience and, um, and I'm so incredibly grateful to her. Uh, so I wanted to close with this. The truth is 
Belonging starts with self-acceptance. Your level of belonging, in fact, can never be greater than your level of self-acceptance because believing that you're enough is what gives you the courage to be authentic, vulnerable, and imperfect. Hi, Lonnie and Dr. Jones. This is Noelle from Washington. I have loved reading Rising Strong along with you. I wouldn't have gotten nearly as much out of the book without this podcast. Big Strong Yes is truly special. But I got to tell you, it was kind of infuriating for a while there, listening to two bright, accomplished, kick-ass women badmouth themselves week after week. If the two of you can think you suck with all your PhD-earning, book-authoring, research-quoting, metaphor-crafting, narrative theory, scholar-fan badassery, I and screwed. I mean, I'm a suburban stay-at-home mother of two. I got nothing to offset my not good enough. But even though your less than generous stories about yourselves drove me crazy, they were also incredibly validating. You've helped me see just how much I'm not alone in this fight and how little that sense of inherent unworthiness has to do with external circumstances. It's not that I chose the wrong non-career path. It's that sorting out our inner narratives is hard. Thank you both for struggling publicly out loud. But my favorite part, because it really is magic, is how exceedingly loving you are with each other. The way you hold each other up in this process is absolutely beautiful, and it makes me want to get out there and support the hell out of people. You are wonderful. And I'm so excited to hear what's next. Hello to all the Big Strong Yes listeners. This is Jennifer, a.k.a. Generosity, on social media. The Rising Strong process has really helped me connect with a lot of my grief that I didn't realize was still causing issues for me, along with helping me realize some of the things that were going on with my relationship with family members. One of the tools that will be most helpful for me is asking myself, what is the story I'm making up? Because I do make up a lot of stories where I'm the victim and where I position myself as less worthy than I actually am. And asking myself that question really helps me see things more clearly. And I also wanted to say that the online community where everyone is sharing and listening and offering support has really been wonderful and one of the best parts, most definitely. So thank you to Lonnie and Kelly for helping create this space for us and help us through this process. Hey, Lonnie and Kelly, it's Anna. The podcast helped me work through my own issues with forgiveness and letting go of the need to forgive to move on. The unfucking is definitely in my toolbox now. Thank you so much. Seriously, I love you both. Bye. I got so angry when she said everyone's doing their best because I just was like, how is this book supposed to help me if it's just telling me I just have to keep putting up with this crap? And I was mad and I was listening to it. So it's not like I could just put it down and throw it across the room. I mean on my phone and I just you know I didn't press stop and I just kept listening 
and she said that sometimes people's best isn't good enough. And it's just how many ways did I have to hear everything is not your fault before I finally believed it. Hey Lonnie and Kelly, this is Stacy, aka Notorious Stabulous on Twitter. And um, I thought really hard uh, and long actually about how to express uh, how I feel about this big strong yes process in less than, I don't know, you know, four hours or something. And um, the only way I could do it was this one word, and that one word is community. Um, seeing the level of sharing that has happened, um, people telling their stories, their most painful and personal stories, to people we don't really know except for on Twitter and Discord and um, by from podcasts um, and having the all the love and support and kindness that comes back and goes between all of these people. Um, it's just been, uh, it's been something I didn't know I needed and um, yeah, I'm already over a minute. So one word, one word, community. Thank you. Hi, Lonnie and Kelly. This is your friend, Patty from St. Louis. You asked us to share our ahas and I've had a lot of them as I've listened to these first 10 episodes of your podcast. Early on, you guys talked quite a bit about being enough and the feeling of never good enough. And who do you think you are? I just want you to know that that resonated with me, and I have that voice in my head too. And it gave me comfort to know that you struggle with the same voice and that you're trying to find ways to overcome it. In fact, one of my favorite things about your podcast is when Kelly talks about her toolbox. There was one episode when you mentioned that you had found a power tool. That really resonates with me, and that's why I'm in this for the long haul, is because I want to fill up my toolbox too. Lonnie, you said that this podcast has changed the way that you see and interact with yourself. I think that's beautiful. I, too, have changed the way that I talk to myself and the way I treat myself over the course of listening to your podcast. And I just want you guys to know that you've had a hand in my growth as well. And finally, Kelly, you said it best when you told Lonnie she had leveled up in the hierarchy of badassery. That is absolutely what I want. And I am with you ladies for the rest of your podcast. I'm going to be reading Big Magic right along with you. And I look forward to learning more from both of you. Hey, this is Elizabeth. Um, for those of you in the Twitter community, Twitterverse, I'm Eveth Arama. My thoughts about the finale had to do with um, a quote in Rising Strong in page 220. Brene Brown says, we can't be brave in the big world without at least one small safe space to work through our fears and falls. And she talks about why it can be really hard to have coworkers or family be those people for you. Um, because honestly, a lot of times those fears and falls have to do with them. And so the Chipperish community, the Big Strong Yes community on Twitter and on the Discord chat, has been that small safe space for me 
Um, and I know that I wouldn't have done the work unless it was for the structure of the podcast and um, and the community that became a part of it. Um, also, I wanted to share um, how affected I was by Lonnie sharing her story about um, what happened with Pratchett because one of my biggest shame stories is around a time in my life, which um, due to circumstances that are way too complicated to get into on a voicemail, um, I found myself um, homeless or housing insecure um, and hungry. And when this happened, I had a dog that I had rescued and adopted. And when that happened, I had to surrender that dog. To this day, whenever I see memes or things on social media talking about how horrible and terrible, you know, monsters humans must be to ever um, give up a dog to a shelter, um, it's it, that is my big shame trigger. And just this year, I adopted a puppy and... I'm like 15 years out from that event and in a much different place in my life. Um, I wanted to be sure that if I ever got a dog ever again that um, that I would be able to care for it and give it the kind of life that a rescue dog deserves. And so that's been a really healing process for me. And you know how they say in Sex in the City, like, are you a Samantha or are you a Carrie? I think it should be a thing like, are you a Dr. Kelly or are you a Lonnie? Um, so, and I'm a little bit of both. So thanks for all your um, sharing and contributions and creating this community. Hi, this is Erin. I'm calling for the Rising Strong finale. I have to say that I have so enjoyed going through this book with this amazing group of people, and uh, it was just the perfect time for me, so that was one of my favorite parts. My other favorite part was listening to Lonnie and um, Dr. Jones talk about their own personal journeys and their strong challenges and their yeses and how they've moved through the book as well as their own personal experiences. It's been so, so helpful along with the forum and Discord chat and Twitter. Everything has just been so incredibly helpful and wonderfully supportive as everyone goes through their individual journeys. So thank you very much for sharing your stories. Hi, Lonnie and Kelly. This is Jennifer and I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, it's hard for me to put into words what this podcast has meant to me. I could probably talk for a whole weekend about how it has helped me, uplifted me, and challenged me. As you mentioned in one of the early episodes, sometimes the cracks in your teacup or your life get filled with gold. That's sort of what the two of you and all of your vulnerability, creativity, curiosity, laughter, and discussions have done for me. My life right now is both really wonderful and really painful. It's a paradox that sometimes just completely shuts down my logic and completely amplifies my emotions. It's scary. <laughs> I just want you to know your insights have helped me store up some courage for what's ahead, no matter what it is. And for that, I say yes. And I'm sending both of you a big, strong hug. Well done, sisters. Well done indeed.
Hi, Lonnie and Kelly. This is Mandy Kay. I wanted to take a minute to tell you how your show and Rising Strong has been an amazing force for good. When you guys announced this show, I thought it was just going to be a book club podcast. I don't read a lot of nonfiction, and I was excited about having a reason to finally read these books that you've chosen. I thought we'd go through them together, learn a few things, and have some really great discussions. I had no idea that you were going to change my life. Rising Strong put into words something that I'd always struggled with but couldn't articulate. Brene Brown said, The most difficult part of our stories is often what we bring to them, what we make up about who we are and how we are perceived by others. Then she said, The most dangerous stories we make up are the narratives that diminish our inherent worthiness. I make up a lot of stories. I fill in the blanks of how people think of me, and I always do it in a way that diminishes myself. If I make a mistake at work, I immediately assume my boss is going to realize I don't belong and fire me. When someone I care about takes a bit too long to respond to me, I instantly think that I've done something wrong and that person no longer wants to talk to me or be in my life. Going through Rising Strong with you has helped me recognize that I do this. And recognizing that it's a story I'm making up helps me stop internalizing it. I can recognize that my thoughts aren't true. Well, most of the time. I'm still a work in progress, but thanks to you two and Brene Brown, I'm on a path that I can be proud of. Thank you both. Thank you for doing this show. Thank you for sharing your stories and your vulnerabilities. You've created a safe space where the rest of us can do the same. And I really can't wait to see what's next. Here is a letter to my past self. Dear Alan, first of all, you're wrong about yourself. You are a good person. In a couple of years, you're going to make a plan to start producing art and self-publish, and that plan's going to go off the rails as soon as you put it into action. I'm sorry about that, but don't take it personally. Your plan didn't account for starting a podcast network. Yeah, you're going to do that. Not by yourself, either. You're going to have an amazing co-host. And nothing about that year is going to be solo. You're going to become so much closer with a group of wonderful people. You're going to share your secrets with them. None of them are going to reject you or be disgusted with you. You're going to be there for people when they need you, and you're not going to let them down. I know that that sounds impossible to you. It isn't. Hell, if I told you who the president is, you'd understand that nothing is impossible, for better or worse. You're going to write something you're so proud of. You're going to share it with people. You're going to be happier than you are scared. Your heart is going to heal in ways that you think you don't deserve. Alan, you are not a toxic person. You'll stop feeling so ashamed. Why is all this stuff going to happen to you? A big part of it is you listening to a book club podcast. And I'm not making this up. It's just a crazy ass year. Lonnie Diane Rich has not even begun to inspire you. And I say that knowing what her work means to you now. Her co-host, Dr. Kelly Jones, is the kind of brilliant, cut-through-the-bullshit type of teacher you need in your life. I would say you should track her down in the past right now, but it might cause a time paradox that ends the universe. I don't know, maybe try it anyway. Be sure to tell them thank you. Be there for them. Yes, you. 
you are capable of helping amazing people. They need your help, and they're going to help you right back. That year holds a lot of pain for you. There is so much more healing than hurt. I love you, Alan. Big Strong Yes is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely funded by listeners like you. To find out how you can support Big Strong Yes and everything Chipperish Media does, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Thanks, y'all.